Welcome to Adventures of a 20-something podcast, where we explore the ins and outs of navigating life in your 20s. This is a podcast for all the other self-discoverers, all the other people in the pursuit of purpose, all the other 20-somethings not sure what the heck they want to do with their life. So let's figure it out together with your host, a 23-year-old in a continual transition state of life herself, Ariana Sweetnich. Hey 20-somethings, our guest today is Julie Vaccaro, a mindfulness warrior. Listen in as we talk about the importance of being a mindful millennial and how easy it is to apply to your everyday life. And now, here's Julie. Hi everyone, I'm here with my friend Julie Vaccaro. Hi Julie, how are you doing? Hey Ariana, I'm good, how are you? Very good, thank you. So um, can we just start off with a little bit of an introduction about who you are, what you like to do, and... um, yeah, what you're passionate about. Yeah, of course. So um, my name's Julie. I know you, Ariana, from Santa Clara. So we met, um, we were in the same sorority. And then I just graduated two years ago. I studied psychology and Spanish with a minor in public health. And so now I'm really interested in health and, um, and wellness. And I do that for, for a living. So I, at, at UCSF, um, University of California, San Francisco, I study um, like mindfulness. And so that's what I'm doing now, and I really love it. I'm leading like a U- University of California-wide initiative to help um, address the the problem of stress around the mm-hmm. campuses, mm-hmm. Um, specifically for staff members. Nice. Uh, using um, using digital mindfulness that's as a tool. Amazing. Thank oh my you. Gosh. Okay, so you're working and you're studying at the same time. Um, I'm not studying. Okay. I, well, I'm studying for the GRE. Okay. So kind of, and then hopefully applying to grad school in the next couple of years. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So and just working now. Sweet. Mm-hmm. And you want to go back to grad school for what? I, I, I'm still deciding. Um, I've kind of ruled out a PhD. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that's in my cards for now, but I definitely want to get a master's. Okay. Um, probably a master's in public health, mm-hmm. um, but I'm also interested in like nutrition and, and like kind of entertaining the idea of like doing some kind of a nutritionist uh, certification or something like that. Very nice. Yeah. Or even, um, mindfulness-based stress reduction so yes. something like that um, working with like more like uh, patient facing so I'm still I'm still deciding between research and clinical work. cool yeah. well it's awesome that we both are really into I mean mindfulness has gotten pretty popular but it's cool that we found that we have that common interest yeah it is and I've definitely sense. like learned that um, it's not only is it becoming more and more common but more people are practicing it so it's really fun to be able to connect with people about that definitely yeah. that's so important um, yeah so what do you do as your job you said it's about mindfulness right yeah so it's a clinical trial Mm -hmm. um it's you know it's all digital so we're we're um just reaching out to people so recruiting um staff members getting them to answer questionnaires at the beginning and the end and then um we are also seeing like a certain amount of so people who have uh bmi Mm -hmm of 25 or above, which is classified as overweight, mm-hmm. uh, we do more in-person meetings with them. So we, we take like blood pressure, we take fasting glucose. And so we're testing and then we test that and see if there's any kind of um, outcome that is related to, to stress management cool. and like different physiological Awesome. Markers. So you said before and after. So what happens in between? Oh, uh, they meditate. They meditate. So we give them um, an app and they download it and then they meditate for 10 minutes a day. Awesome. For how many days? Eight weeks. Okay, cool. Yeah. Very cool. Have you gone through 
a certain amount of trials yet or um, are you still on the first trial? So we're still on the first trial. It's been rolling for about a year and we have um, a little over a thousand 200 participants cool and we're right now we're starting to look at the data nice uh, so i haven't i haven't started analyzing anything yet but that's coming really soon very exciting you posted yeah yeah but there's there's been a lot of other studies that were we're, we're replicating it in some ways replicating other studies to see mm -hmm. if it applies to this specific population but there's definitely been a, there's been a lot of research out there that that shows like really strong effects of mindfulness nice yeah and so what about mindfulness? Like what got you interested in mindfulness? So back at Santa Clara, I worked in a lab and I helped with your, with your mom actually. Uh -huh. That's where I met your mom. Um, and we looked, we looked at um, the effects of mindfulness and mindful parenting in immigrant mothers and in kind of like lower income areas of San Jose. And so that's where I, f I first got um, introduced to mindfulness nice. and that's when I started practicing it myself and it took me really a long time to get used to it and to kind of make it more personalized to me and so I just realized that it's a really personalized practice that you have you you know there's not just one way to do it it's not just about you know meditating a certain way or like breathing a certain way it's just however you want to practice it and is, how it fits best and how life. it fits in your life like you could do it um, no matter how busy you are mm -hmm. I, I think that there's just different ways to do it um, you know, exercise can be mindfulness, running can, can be um, meditative, mm -hmm. and it's really meditative to me. So not just meditation, but like different, adding it into your daily life. Yeah, absolutely. And so I really tried to I've even heard that. of doing uh, meditation while washing the dishes and just yeah. being very mindful of, yeah. I'm squeezing the soap onto exactly. the sponge, and I'm using the sponge. That's, what we, that's what we tell people, and if they're like, I'm just way too busy, then it's like, well, do you like do you go to the bathroom during the day they're like well yeah because everyone does and it's like well when you wash your hands just like take a minute to feel like the warm water on your hands yeah just clear your mind yeah. and be present in that exactly moment. it it takes five seconds mm -hmm. yeah that's really cool it, and it's 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 sort of i think something that people don't really understand how to integrate into their life because they do think it's this just additional thing that it's they really daunting on. yeah, yeah. It's really, it's a scary kind of concept to add a new habit to your life. Yeah. So what kind of suggestions do you give to like um, the participants in your trials? Yeah. So we tell them, well, first of all, just to be patient with themselves mm -hmm. that it's, it's a new habit and any new habit takes a long time to, to really get used to. Um, so just not putting that pressure mm -hmm. and not putting high expectations, but just to let it like work for you, mm -hmm. like we talked about. So you know, finding a time that works for you, whether it's like in the morning or at night, um, or, you know, like just any time during the day that they might find it, find themselves like not in the moment to just think about being in the moment. And so just little, little tiny practices throughout the day that can just really add up. Definitely. And how do you practice it personally in your life? So I, I've started to, like I said, it took me a while to really put it into my daily life. But now that I work and now that I have like a set set schedule, um, I, I go to the gym every day and then after the gym, I go into the sauna. Mm. And so it's kind of like a double whammy where like I'm in the sauna, so it's nice and relaxing, like I'm sweating it out. And then I also just meditate for like five to 10 minutes like every day when, awesome. I'm, when I'm in there. So that's why I practice it in my life. But like I said, I practice it in a lot of ways, just, just paying attention to my body and paying attention to when I you know, feel stressed or um, different emotions that 
sometimes I find myself like, oh, I'll just like look if I'm like nervous or like feeling like awkward, I'll like look at my phone or something Mm -hmm. and just being more aware of why I'm doing that Mm -hmm. and just try to like make a new habit instead of just get my phone or doing other like eating or things that like maybe aren't as healthy. Yep. Absolutely. Like yeah. whenever I'm standing in line. Yeah, exactly. The automatic reaction is yeah. my phone and check Instagram or yeah, Facebook exactly. or my email or whatever it might be. Um, and we've gotten kind of, we've lost the art of just waiting. Just being still. And being yeah. still. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I really relate to that. And a lot of stuff happens in that stillness mm-hmm. that is really beneficial for our lives. And so it's kind of interesting that we don't, if we don't have that, what ha- what starts to happen to us, or how our yeah. stress levels increase and how um, out of the present moment we really get pulled. So um, I, I'm really glad that you're studying it. I can't wait to Thanks. see what the results are. Yeah, it's, it's really great to have the opportunity. I'm so lucky for something that I'm passionate about in like my personal life. Uh, I can also apply it to my professional life. Yeah, that's so, so important. So I'm really lucky. Having a fulfilling job. Yeah. How did you find your job? I, it was just all about luck, I think. I, I just started looking up people who research mindfulness, and I was just doing research to try and, you know, learn for myself. And I was like, oh, and maybe if they're, like, accepting research assistants, I can, I can join. And I was just referred to someone whose name is Dr. Alyssa Apple. Mm-hmm. So that's Alyssa with an E, E-L-I-S-S-A. So she's oh, now my boss. Cool. And so I reached out to her and she was accepting research assistance. Nice. And so I ended up volunteering for a little bit because they didn't have, they didn't have a grant yet, mm-hmm. but they said they were working on getting a grant and that if I volunteered and, you know, I did, I did my job well and I, they saw that I was fit, then I would get the the position and nice. so then I ended up getting it so you really put the legwork in of reaching out and mm-hmm. doing the research and then doing that initial work where you didn't necessarily get paid but it helped you pave the way into your dream job yeah and it was really hard at first it was like a huge leap it was a huge risk that I like looking back that I felt like I was taking because there was no guarantee mm-hmm. at all and who knows if I would even get the job or if it was just you know, never going to happen or if it wasn't for me. So I feel like just taking that risk was, you know, it was something that I felt like I had to do and cool. I ended up working out and I, I'm just really lucky. Yeah, absolutely. So what helped you during that time have trust that it would work out? I think it was having, having support from my mom. So just having that support and knowing that I had a safety net, honestly, mm-hmm. that I could live at home while I was, you know, volunteering and, that no matter what happened, you know, I had them to fall back on. Mm -hmm. So I think that that was like the only thing that was, um, that I had that could be a safety net for me. And that was why I was able to take the jump. A lot of times taking that leap of faith, you need to ask for help. And that's Mm -hmm. really hard for a lot of people. We don't want to um, appear vulnerable or that we can't handle our lives on our own. But actually, it's a sign of strength when you are able to ask for help because you really understand what you want and how to get there, and it takes some sacrifice in between. And if you're really willing to put in that sacrifice, then it can really have a big payoff in the end. Yeah, I totally agree. I think I don't think we do anything on our own. Mm-hmm. I think that no matter how much credit like I kind of give myself for taking this risk, like I, I would never be able to do it without the people around me that support me mm-hmm. and just asking for help. Like... I would, you know, and I think anyone who's successful has can has never done anything on their own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you always need help. You you need support. Yeah, absolutely. And um, 
speaking of that study that you did with my mom, mm-hmm. what it, what was the most like interesting thing that you found from that study? Oh, that's a really good question. I I just found that I had never really I had always been kind of sheltered and growing up um, in a small town where that I grew up in. Um, that's you know predominantly white and middle upper class and then going to Santa Clara there's just a bubble mm-hmm. and I think that this uh, this job allowed me to to see how other people lived and just be extremely grateful for my own life and you know if people if if those moms who have encountered so many struggles and you know they like they crossed the border they like escaped extreme poverty and they escaped violence and they came to a completely new city and in a completely new country they don't even speak the language like if they can do all that and still have such a positive outlook and just such a kind and welcoming spirit like I just became so close to them and it just really inspired me like I really have to you know just be grateful for where I am and yeah and and that's where I I feel like I got a lot of that like strength to like kind of be able to like rely on people because I realized how like lucky I was to have the people in my life totally you have lots of opportunities as do I yeah uh, that's awesome and though. not everyone has that yeah so. exactly it yeah. helps broaden your perspective when you see how other people live and what their realities are like versus mm-hmm. um what you are because it's hard to open up your mind when you're only viewing the world through your own lens right and so opportunities like that really help remind you about um, everything that we have to be grateful for and a gratitude for me has been a huge part of Mm -hmm. mindfulness because um, it's allowed me to make that shift and I think they come hand in hand kind of mindfulness and gratitude because when you are mindful Mm -hmm. it brings you to the present moment and then you're able to see how all of your needs are usually met you're normally have well I I have a place to sleep I have food to eat I have people who care about me and so when I put my problems in perspective it really just helps so much and brings gratitude to my life as well yeah I agree like no matter what happens like I always just tell myself that it really could always be worse Mm -hmm. and it is for a lot of people yeah yeah it is totally cool well I'm really glad that you are um pursuing your dream thank you and you found an awesome job that allows you to do that and um what else uh what would you like to is this how you imagined your 20s going um back when maybe you were a teenager that's a good question I I always saw myself going straight to grad school I and I don't really know why but I just thought that that was the path that you know, as a psychology major, people always say, like, oh, you can't get a job unless you go to grad school, mm-hmm. um, which may be true for some people, but it's not true at all. If you want to have a job, you can have a job, mm-hmm. no matter what your major is. Totally. It doesn't, it, it doesn't seal your fate. Mm-hmm. And so people always told me that I wasn't going to get a job unless I went to grad school. And now that I realize that I can have a job and I can move up in this career, at least for a few few years i i think it'll be i think i'm gonna wait until it feels right to go to grad school until you feel Um, ready and know what you want to pursue right? yeah exactly rather than jumping in there with not sure about what it is that you're super interested in yeah so i just think it's important not to always 
listen to what other people say. Especially if it's limiting. Yeah, it's so limiting and it's just really, um, it's kind of a, a judgment mm-hmm. that, that's passed on you and it just doesn't feel good to have that people judge, especially if being here, um, coming from Santa Clara. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know what that's like. There's a lot of pressure to like make a lot of money and, you know, work in a tech company and then people who studied like psychology or studied like something else or you know communications mm-hmm. it just felt felt like it wasn't as like respected mm-hmm. as much as business or engineering absolutely totally don't you think yeah definitely i felt that judgment as well um and i guess that's just the idea of success in the silicon valley mm-hmm is you need to be working at a tech company if you want to make a lot of money and making a lot of money equals success. Yeah, totally. And there's, there's not a lot of room for much else in that kind of picture. Especially if you want to be able to afford a house here Mm -hmm. and afford the lifestyle. Yes. It makes it, it, you know, all the odds are not exactly in our favor. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not being a business or engineering major, but I think we're both doing fine and our majors, you know, your major doesn't seal your fate and if you still want to be a communications or psychology major and still go to tech, you totally can. Mm-hmm. If you want to start by being a business major and then go into like the nonprofit sector or the healthcare sector, like you can too. Yeah. It doesn't seal your fate. And I think you just have to do what makes you happy. Like as long as you do have kind of like that, like I said, that support, mm-hmm. it, you know, you always have to like prepare for the worst. Like mm-hmm. you have, I have the support of my parents that I know I can always have if I do want to, you know, if I, it, like I said, like that I was volunteering, I needed that, that financial support. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that, I think that it's just important not to just worry, not to worry about like what other people think or what you think you should do. Especially just, right now in our twenties where we don't have our own families yet, or at least me and you don't no. have our own families yeah. yet to worry about. Exactly. We don't have to be providing for anyone except for ourselves. So mm-hmm. now it's the perfect time to take those big risks because What's the worst that can happen? You just start over again, right? Yeah. So I think that's really, really cool, and it's a good perspective to have. Thank you. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I think, and I'm not even a huge risk taker at all, <laughs> but I, I don't know. Something about it just kind of felt right, and it felt like, it. I guess it felt like it. While it was a risk, it felt like it was going to work out in the end. Mm-hmm. So I think, and that's so important. Just having trust in that. To, to, to know how to listen to your intuition. Yeah. Because as women, we have really strong intuitions. I think we do too. And yeah. kn- knowing how to listen to that and hear it out and trust it is such a big gift that can help us kind of mm-hmm. um, guide us in our paths. Yeah, and knowing if that intuition is from what other people tell you or, or what you think society tells you you should do. But I think that you have to, it takes like a lot of effort to realize where that intuition comes from and if, if it's really from yourself. Yeah. I do know people that, um, that went to, you know, medical school or went to business school because that's what they thought they had to do and mm-hmm. that's what society or maybe family or people around them like told them they had to do and they just end up being really unhappy. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really happy, glad that that's not me. And, mm-hmm. you know, I may have almost gone that route of going to grad school or going to some, you know, into a tech job that I didn't really want. And so I'm really happy that I listened to, you know, to myself. Yeah. Learning to tune out all the other voices and figure out what it is that your own voice is telling you. Mm -hmm. So important. Yeah. So important, especially if you want to figure out a life that you're excited to wake up to, because how could you be excited in a life that you're leading just because you think you need to be in that path? Yeah. And then just, 
just thinking about how how much time you spend at work mm -hmm. and or just you know whether you're school or doing whatever you're doing like how much time you're dedicating to that it just it would just really take a toll on my mental health if I was doing something that I didn't like actually love and believe in or believe in yeah mm -hmm. absolutely or I just didn't think was you know make, it's just important for me to feel like I'm at least making like some kind of impact in the world absolutely um and so I'm really glad that I get to yeah, experience I, that I'm I'm really I mean I'm just lucky that I have yeah that opportunity absolutely I think our generation is all about making positive difference and so I that's what I love about like people our age is that we believe that we can make that positive change and I think that if we listen to our own voices and mm -hmm. believe in ourselves we totally are capable of creating all that yeah and even if it isn't like the most lucrative business you know <laughs> or like it's not gonna really get you a lot of like what's defined as success I think that it's you know I think that success is like the definition of success can be like altered like for me success is just health mm -hmm having people who love you um and then just like just having like a sense of self like those that's success to me yeah that's awesome not yeah not really money or not really um you know a big house or things like that yeah you don't let the external factors um affect who you are and what you mm -hmm. think of yourself it yeah. sounds like you care more about what's underneath yeah yeah so we work a lot with people who are just who they work in the healthcare business mm -hmm. you know they're at UCSF they're UCSF staff members and a lot of them are like doctors um, nurses uh, healthcare admin people and they're just they're just one of the most stressed out groups mm -hmm. they're they're so overworked mm -hmm. and there's so much burnout and then that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have this study um, is is to help people who are just like at their wits end super burnt out you know don't have any time for to have a life or anything and so that's kind of the population that we're trying to target totally is, and you know they're help, they're making a difference they're mm -hmm. they're helping other people but they're not like having that time for themselves mm -hmm. and so we tell people you know you can't really help others unless you like fully help yourself and mm -hmm. unless you're healthy and you're happy absolutely then that's how, when you can help others so i i hope that at least with our study and like showing people about mindfulness that we not only help those people, but we help the people around them too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because when you become a healthier person, then everyone that you interact with will get the healthiest version of you. Yeah. And then that will create even more health, you know? Yeah. Like a chain. Yeah. Like when you're kind to when you're kind to yourself, yeah. you're more likely to be kind to others mm -hmm. and then they'll be kind to others and then they'll be kind to others. Exactly. But it has to start with yourself. Yeah, exactly. Which is, can be really, really hard for people. Mm -hmm. I know that I have no problem being kind to my friends, my family, yeah. but being kind to myself and not, you know, criticizing everything that I do or what I look like or what, how I act in the world. It's, it's the hardest thing. And I feel like I'm not the only one <laughs> that, that shares that idea. Um, so self-compassion has been like a huge thing in my mindfulness and gratitude journey. And there's this really cool book. I think you'd love it. It's by Kristen Neff. She's a PhD in self-compassion. Oh. And so the book is called Self-Compassion. And it's all about learning how to create that self-love. Nice. Yeah. It's really, really yeah. amazing. Okay. Yeah. I'd like to read that. I I have heard from people that they think it's really selfish. Or mm. they say, oh, you know, if they're like a mom, they're like, well, it's it's selfish to take care of myself. And no, it's not selfish. It's selfish. It's actually one of the most giving things you can do to take care of yourself mm -hmm. because that's when you 
can better take care of other people. Exactly. Well, you can't take other care of other people. If, yeah. If you're, if you're empty, if you're running on empty, yeah. how can you take care of everyone else? Yeah, exactly. So you become the best version of yourself and then you help others mm-hmm. in the best way that you can by doing that. And so, yeah, I'm really glad that you guys are doing that with, um, healthcare professionals because it is a very admirable role that they play in society and if they forget to put themselves as their top priority Mm -hmm. they're not going to last very long you know yeah and they're like you know people they have other people's lives in their hands Mm -hmm. and so and and that's why there's so much burnout I think Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there's so much burnout with healthcare professionals and especially like you know people who work in hospitals that they they're just taking so much time and I think part of that is like the system Mm -hmm. and you know maybe there could be some changes systematically that allows them to have you know more more time off off and like you know nap rooms or Mm -hmm. something like that where they can because sleep is also so important to like self-care imagine a hospital that's designed like a tech company (laughs) (laughs) where you have all of the perks of you know getting food and a gym and all that yeah, like a nap pod <laughs> yeah that'd be interesting i know but there's just and it's so sad because there's just not enough money in that in that sector mm-hmm. you know well people healthcare and healthcare like you know you think that they're paid good amounts like there's there's just not the, the extra money lying around to be able to to provide all those things mm-hmm. Absolutely. and i think that's what's hard about being in the bay area is and i know i've experienced this it's comparing yourself to people who work at those companies. Mm-hmm. Do you do Absolutely. that too? Oh, you're yeah. like, oh, why don't I get free, free catered lunches, mm-hmm. or why don't I have like a free, <laughs> like a free bu- buffet? Mm-hmm. You know, all the time. Yeah. Like people just, I just compare myself so much, and that just adds, especially at UCSF, like that just adds to a lot of stress. Mm-hmm. I think is that people don't really get, um, like, we don't get any perks. Yep. Yeah. Maybe. And while that's really common around most other places like it's just hard to to think about oh what you know why am I even here then if I don't if I'm not getting the perks of all this yeah absolutely I think um comparison can be like the number one happiness killer yeah because there will always be someone who has Mm -hmm. more than you and Mm -hmm. if you're looking at that outside um to 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 evaluate your life Mm -hmm. you're never gonna have enough Mm -hmm even maybe some of those people in those companies can look at other companies and be like, Oh yeah, that company has more or that company has more or whatever it is. Um, so that, that need to fill a void or our ego with free food (laughs) is, um, very predominant in our society. But I, I think it's good that we're talking about it and that we're mm-hmm. aware of it because a lot of people are scared to talk about it because yeah. they don't want to be like, oh, yeah, I wish I had that job. <laughs> um, but just by talking about it and, like, seeing, yeah, it would be a nice thing mm-hmm. to have, but I'm not willing to sacrifice a job that I love yeah. just for that. Yeah, because people say, oh, well, why don't you just, like, change jobs? Well, then I, I'm forced to think about no, I, I would, wouldn't want to change jobs because mm-hmm. th- then you, that's when you're forced to think about all the positives mm-hmm. that, that you have. It's like, well, I, all, all the things that I love. Like, I love the people I work with. I love who I, um, you know, get to help. I love the feeling of helping people. And, like, that makes it all worth it for me. Yeah, you go right back into gratitude. Yeah, 
Totally. Yeah. So cool. Good to make that kind of a habit, kind of a cycle to to have and just go back to gratitude. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, this has been an awesome conversation, Julie. Yeah. I have one more question before okay. I let you go. Um, what would you? What kind of advice would you give your 19-year-old about to turn 20 self, knowing what you know now as a 23-year-old? Okay, that's a good question. So 19, I was... You're, you're 23, right? I'm, I'm 24. 24, sorry. <laughs> yeah. 24. Um, I, so I was, I was in college, I guess. I was a sophomore. I think just having trust that, well, first of all, I think I wish that I kind of, it was just more in the moment. Mm-hmm. I just let it like slip by me so quickly. And people always said that like, it'll go by so quickly. But I was like... no it won't and just enjoying every single moment Mm -hmm. even like you know the more like mundane or the more like difficult moments just trying to be in the present more Mm -hmm. um so that's something I can still carry with me now um but enjoying like college and that experience and then also just knowing like I had so much anxiety about about what would I do with my life and how am I gonna you know, ever make a living with mm-hmm. this degree and like listening to other people. So I think just having trust that, you know, I do have all the resources, I have all the support, like it will work out. So just trusting myself and mm-hmm. trusting my gut and, and knowing that it'll all work out. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Julie. This has been awesome. Thanks for having me. I hope me. Uh, the listeners got something out of it. And if they didn't, I definitely did. So. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. A big thank you to Julie Vaccaro for joining us on Adventures of a 20-something. Thank you to all the other listeners as well. If you like this episode, you can rate it and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or whatever platform you are using. Keep listening in for more fun with some 20-somethings to come. Thank you. Thank you.